Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly have felt summer slowly coming to an end. It might be the call back to school, sending our kids to school. It, it might be the cooler wind that seems to be blowing. As we wrap up this summer series, a sacred summer, how do we actually keep engaged in the things that become practices in the summer? We're going to end today with rest. Listen to these words from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. They're familiar words, words that we have heard numerous times. Come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I, God, am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, anytime you can bring Charlie Brown into the sermon, you should. For some of us who are of a certain age, we can remember actually reading our, the newspaper. And in the newspaper, they would have comics. And so I'm going to take you back and show you a comic for some of us, we see Charlie Brown and we relate ourselves to Charlie Brown. It's on your screen. Look at this one. Charlie visits Lucy at her psychology booth. And Lucy, we knew, always gave advice. And the advice that Lucy gives to Charlie says this. Life is a lot like a deck chair. Some place it to see where they have been. And some, so that they can see where they are at present. Charlie Brown sighs and he says this famous words, I can't even get my deck chair unfolded. Does that feel like you today? Do you, you feel burnt out? Do you feel used up? Maybe you feel like you're worked over. Maybe COVID has just tired you out and you don't have much left, which means frustration enters in. A few weeks ago, I, I talked to you about a theology of play and how important that is in our life. It's the same thing with rest. God wants us to understand our theology or our working out on what rest actually is. God has told us that our lives need to be restful. Therefore, God has established a rhythm of life, one of rest and work. To understand this rhythm, we must understand God's purposes in establishing that life of rest. You might ask yourself, is, is this what Jesus intended us to do? Is this the abundant life that Jesus talked about in John chapter 10 that he promised his disciples? Where is this Sabbath rest that is proclaimed by the Lord? It's a great way to actually end this sermon series because summer is one of those chances where we go, oh, I'm just going to disconnect. I'm going to disconnect from church. I'm going to disconnect from work. I'm going to disconnect from my small group. I'm going to disconnect from all these things. And we feel like our disconnection actually brings rest. 
The writer of the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, puts it this way. Therefore, anytime we see therefore in Scripture, it's there for a reason. Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Myron's going to put that verse back up. We just need to sit on it. Read that again. Since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to, be, to have fallen short of it. Verse 2, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed, and I would also add the word obeyed, entered that rest. Just as God has said, God God the Father invites us to his rest. Will we actually enter in by faith? On this long weekend, September long weekend, it is natural to feel rest. But how do we actually translate that into our daily life so we aren't just waiting for the next long weekend, which is Thanksgiving? So let me give you three, two things, and then I'm going to give you three takeaways, okay? So a couple statements that we need to make. Here's the very first statement we're going to make. This invitation to rest is for all of us. Notice the wide open invitation. We, we go back to that Matthew 11. All who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. Doesn't that describe all of us? How sad it is to think that there's people who are weary, who are weighed down, and we don't turn to Jesus. Think for a second of all the lives that could be spared, of all the times that we look and see violence or turmoil, all of those things that could be avoided if we'd simply come to Jesus. So Jesus, in Matthew 11, first invites us to come if we're weary. This word weary literally means that those who are exhausted, who are burnt out, who are tired from hard labor, it describes those who collapse into bed at night, weary from the day's trials. It describes you and me. There are all kinds of, of weariness or tiredness that we can experience in this world. Let me show you a few of these. The very first one is the emotional tiredness or weariness. For some of us, this morning, the last 15 months have not brought about peace in our life. We lack it. We worry about not having anything to worry about. We worry about our worst fears coming true when we doubt that anything good could come, from, could come out in our lives. Corey Ten Boom once said this, worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows, it empties today of strength. So where are our emotions today? Are you emotionally tired? Are you weary? 
Well, the second one is physical. This physical tiredness and and weariness. There's physical stresses that exhaust us. Not enough sleep. We don't exercise enough. We don't eat well. There's too much noise in our life. Our cell phone is always going off. Maybe we even struggle with trying to do too much in a day. You and I can do a great deal of damage to our bodies. And because God created us as whole people, in other words, our body, our soul, our spirit, physical exhaustion can lead us to a place of emotional weariness or despair. Or worse off, our, fear, our physical tiredness can actually lead us to spiritual apathy. Well, let's, let's move beyond that spiritual apathy to the third thing. Maybe some of us are spiritually tired or we're weary. The weight of sin and the struggle to overcome it can lead us into a place of spiritual exhaustion. The last stress is one that at times I don't think we fully appreciate. But I believe Jesus is actually really talking to us about this in that passage from Matthew 11. There's the weariness, the treadmill of of trying to live a good life in one's own strength and energy. We fail. It drags us down. And I think that's why Jesus used the word, do you feel burdened? John Bunyan in A Pilgrim's Progress describes the moment when his character, Christian, is is freed from the weight of sin. He's been carrying that around on his back like a backpack on all his journeys. He comes to the cross, and at the foot of the cross is an empty tomb. And as he approaches the cross, the burden falls off his back, and he's swallowed up by the tomb. We all are aware of the burden of sin and how it wears us down, that facade that we have to keep up. This invitation to rest is from Jesus directly to you this morning. But the first step is we actually have to admit that we're weary to truly experience the rest that, that Christ can give us. We must be truthful to ourselves and with God. We must be humble enough to actually admit our weariness. We must be willing to recognize the burdens that we're bearing. We must confess that we're burdened. We must agree with God that the journey has been long and hard. We must be willing to submit our lives to the only one who can help us. You and I need to lay aside our pride and our self-sufficiency. Well, here's the second thing that we learned from that little passage in Matthew chapter 11. We are first invited to come and to take. The order is significant. We can't simply reverse those. The first order of business is always to come to Jesus. You have to get up and go. You have to detach yourself from what you've been holding on to and the direction that you've just set out for yourselves. All of these things, doing it by yourself contributes to weariness. We must reattach ourselves to Christ Jesus. Jesus' first direction to you and to me is always to come 
this morning, wrestle through this. Where are you headed? I don't mean your internal destiny. Most of us in this room have actually settled this question, but what I mean is, where is your life headed? Are you pointed to Christ or away from Him? Weariness and burdens always come when we're pointed away from Him. It's why looking at Jesus is so important. I don't mean that everything is going to be wonderful. I don't mean that we're never going to have trials. Jesus actually promised that, that in this world we'll have struggle. Life is not easy, but there's a promise for those who are walking with Christ in His power and strength. When we're in step with the Spirit, we find rest. We actually live beyond our circumstances and difficulties. We're able to do that just like Isaiah wrote, that we can mount up with wings like eagles. We can run and not be weary. Too often, I think we're a lot like the television repairman who climbed on the top of the roof to check the wiring for the cable. The wind was blowing hard. He lost his balance. He began to slide off the roof. His foot was caught in one of those little metal rain gutters. In panic, he screamed to heaven, is there anyone up there that can help me? And a voice from heaven said, I can help you, just let go and I'll catch you. To which the repairman replied, is there anyone else who can help me? We hear that cute phrase so often, let go and let God. And we reverse it in real life to say, let God and then I'll go. But Jesus directs us in Matthew 11, to come. That first move is on us. You see, Jesus already reached down to you and me. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Christ has come into this world. Christ has delivered us from sin. Christ, while we were enemies, loved us. He entered our world, but now we need to respond. Will we come to Jesus? Not just for salvation, but daily for the filling of the Holy Spirit and for the leadership in our lives. We will come to Him moment by moment so that we can say with the author in Acts 17, 28, for in Him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. The only way to live the Christian life is to live it in daily surrender to Christ. We must understand ourselves as being crucified with Christ. And now we're living as if Christ is living in us. Remember, Jesus said this to his disciples, apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. Abide in me and I will abide in you. But rest always starts when we come. I have to move to Christ. We come to Jesus before we can take from Jesus. You can't receive anything from the Lord without first coming to Him as Lord. And then that second piece of the equation is, as we come, then we take. 
Jesus freely offers himself and his rest to us, but I must be responsible to pick it up. I will have no peace. I will have no rest. I will have no abundance in my Christian walk if I don't turn toward Jesus and take what he freely gives to me. I must take what, he, what it is and make it my own. This is where it gets interesting. He asks us to take up his yoke. Do you remember that couple verses that mentioned the word yoke in Matthew 11? The yoke is an interesting symbol. It's a familiar one with the agricultural community. I am in no way a farmer. So here's what my research showed us this week. Two oxen were united together with one yoke between them. The farmer would take a big and more experienced ox who knew the path, who was strong and capable of finishing the task. He would then pair the mature ox with a new ox that was weaker and didn't know what to do. They were bound under the same yoke, but the old ox bore the weight of the yoke because his shoulders were strong and large. The young ox didn't feel any weight of the yoke, but he felt the constraint of trusting the more experienced ox. The young ox would wander and try to go off the path, but the yoke and the older ox would consistently pull the young ox back to the path until he learned what to do. All of the weight was on the shoulders of the older ox. The younger oxen needed only to stay in step with the mature, experienced oxen. As long as he submitted to the leadership of the older oxen, he wouldn't feel any pressure. But as soon as he started to tug and pull away in a different direction, the weight of the yoke would shift and he would feel the yoke become tight around his neck. What made this symbol so significant and why this is so important for us is this was the early church in its design. The ancient yoke consisted of a single beam of wood placed across the, sh the shoulders of two oxen with one long beam connected to the cart. If you were to take that yoke and tilt it upwards, toward the, upwards from the cart, it would be in the form of a cross. So Jesus was looking at his disciples. He invited them in. He invited them to deny themselves, to take up their cross, to be the oxen, the younger oxen, as Jesus was the older. Let my cross, Jesus was saying, become your cross, and together we'll walk side by side in the path that God has laid out for us. So here, when we hear yoke, it means to put ourselves under the yoke of Jesus. Go back to Matthew 11 just for a minute. Jesus actually says this, my yoke is easy. Translated in scripture, this is what this meant. It actually meant soft and sweet. 
The young ox didn't feel the burden anymore because the old ox was bearing the weight. Scripture tells us, cast all your cares upon Jesus. For Jesus cares about you. When we come to pray, when we come to to ask Jesus to lift those burdens that we're, we're under, where we're bearing, Paul says this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, we can't understand it, guards our heart and mind. But Jesus also said this to his disciples, not only is my yoke easy, my burden is light. There's no pressure involved. It's not cumbersome. It's not heavy. John had written it this way in 1 John 5, 3. The commands, the rules. I would say the following of Jesus is not burdensome, but light. Let's go back to the yoke just for a second. At first, the yoke is uncomfortable. A young ox is not used to being tied to another ox. The touch of the yoke feels strange. It tries to break free. As it does, the yoke cuts into its shoulder blades. It suffers pain from the attempt to be independent of the yoke. But with time, it learns to follow the lead of the elder oxen. It no longer feels the yoke. It keeps in step with the older, wiser oxen. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. When Jesus said, learn of me, he was actually looking at his disciples and saying, follow me, be a disciple of mine. The Lord is calling the weary and those suffering under a burden to become his followers. Discipleship is the only real rest we find for our souls. Now here's the thing you got to realize. It's possible to be a Christian, a regular church goer, even someone who's actively involved in the church and not be a disciple. Someone was talking to a professor about a young man in his class. He said this, John tells me that he is one of your students. To which the professor replied, he may attend my lectures, but believe me, he's not one of my students. It is possible to study the scriptures, to faithfully attend meetings, and to never really come under the lordship, the yoke of Christ. To be a true disciple of Jesus means I daily come to him. I detach from whatever I'm holding on to in this world. I come and I take. I take his yoke for my life. The yoke is a symbol of work. Jesus is not saying, you're burnt out, overworked. Why take a break? Sit back, do nothing. No, he's saying the exact opposite of that. Come to me. Take my yoke and let's work together. Well, this is great, Matt, but let's get practical. Step one. Step one is going to be on your screen. It means that we personally connect to Jesus. I love that word. We come. 
Remember, we began this conversation today, this sermon, speaking about the rest that's entered into by faith and obedience. I must come to Jesus daily. He is the gateway to rest. He is the door. I have to come. Step two, I must surrender daily my life to his rule. I need to take. Only as I submit to his path will I find peace. Peace isn't following my own schedule, doing my own thing, managing my own life. Peace is found when I die to my own ambitions, my own goals, my own to-do list, and I submit to Jesus. Surrender. I need to surrender to his life. I need to surrender my path to his, my will to his, my dreams to his, my desires to his, my design to his, my time to his. Because when I do, I find rest. And step three, I need to learn from Jesus how to find rest. What kind of path will lead us? will lead the oxen to take us down? What must I do to stay in step with him? When I wear his yoke, what will we do? It's pretty amazing. We learn to be gentle. We're as gentle as Jesus was gentle. To be gentle means I'm not easily angered. I'm kind, I'm considerate, I'm patient, I'm helpful. I'll learn to have a humble heart. A humble person is someone who has a correct view of, of God in themselves. They understand that God is God and I'm not. They learn to submit by faith to his lordship. They lean upon all things. So, September 5th. Are you weary? Are you weighed down by your burdens? Do you feel like you've tried it long enough your own way? Are you ready to try it his way? It's pretty simple from Matthew 11. We need to come. We need to turn ourselves away from sin. We need to repent and believe. As we come, we need to take. We need to surrender our life to his lordship and his leadership. We need to learn. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to take steps of obedience. And we need to enter His rest. God is ready to give us peace that surpasses all understanding and joy that is unspeakable. Stop striving and turn to God. So, would you rather be restless or restful? In Psalm 46, verse 10, David once again was hiding in a cave and he, he penned these famous words as Saul, King Saul was trying to kill him. And these words came from God to David in the cave. Be still, David, and know that I'm God. That is my prayer for us as we walk into this fall. Let me pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. 
If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you. We adore you. We worship you. We ask all these things in your most powerful name. Amen.